0: Dula Sports Center. The field is set for the state track and field championships as divisional meets across Montana played out over the weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuñez. At the Western AA Divisional in Missoula, the Sentinel boys have the inside track for a third straight state championship. The Clark twins helped carry the Spartans to a narrow team victory over Calispell Glacier. Drew Klump, who will play football at the University of Montana next year, won the 110 hurdles and placed second in the 300-meter hurdles. Tanner Klump, who will run cross-country and track at Minnesota next year, placed second in the two-mile and third in the mile, in a very competitive field. Other divisional champions from Sentinel included Carson Bites in the 200, Brady Kolendich in the 400, Colin Shawls in the 800, and Danny Sermon in the discus as the Spartans outlasted Glacier by 1.5 points. The Sentinel girls won the state titles in 2018 and 2021, but Helena High won the Western AA Divisional for this season. Sentinel was second. Helena standout senior Odessa Zents, who will run at National Powerhouse Northern Arizona next year, posted victories in the 200, 400, and 800 meters, and helped the Bengals to 100. 54 points, 63 more than the Spartans. Helena's Kylie Hartnett, who's bound for Utah next year, won the two-mile and placed second behind Hellgate's Kenzie May in the mile. Sentinel senior Brooks Stainer won the long jump and took second in the 100-meter hurdles to pace the Spartans. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory. Man, the, the way that the human brain works, especially if you have a great affinity for music like I do, and the way that it pins certain songs to certain memories, it's so great, man. I'm just having flashbacks to one of my best friend's weddings years ago. Because of this song. We danced to this song. It was great. I'm going to call him after the show and tell him a little Bastille for you here on your Wednesday. Bastille at the Kettle House Amphitheater tonight. Back-to-back shows to get the amp season started off. Great show last night, 311 in town. Uh, Virtuoso Magicians. Robert Chase, who's the program director at the Trail, he always says it's a great piece of advice. He says, if there's a band that's been together for 20-plus years... And consecutively, without ever breaking up or anything, and they're in town, you should go see them because they're going to be good. 311, 32 years together consecutively. So, uh, excellent, well uh, perfected musicianship last night. And uh, tonight, one of the best indie pop bands in the world, Bastille, at the Kettle House Amphitheater. Welcome back to now ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television. Missed anything of the first hour of the show? Good first hour. We had Chase Williams in studio. He's MIT-bound, a Missoula Sentinel senior that's going to play football at the Massachusetts Institute of Technology. More importantly, he gets to go to MIT. Pretty high, prestigious academic achievement there. We also gave you some wings, had some history lessons, and we heard from Lyle Weiss, the head coach of the Montana State Track and Field Program. All of it on the Nuanas Now podcast, proudly presented by the Advocates as well as Sportsbet Montana. We are coming to you through the Northwest Motorsports Studio. Northwest Motorsport, nwmsrocks.com. Earlier today, our good friend Craig Mettler, the head coach of the Missoula Sentinel Track and Field Program, he swung by this Northwest Motorsport studio to talk about the upcoming state state championship meet in Butte, Montana. Man, it's crazy how time flies. I cannot believe that we are to this part of the year already, but we are, and the spring sports season for the 2021-2022 academic year is winding down. It's time to dive into our ESPN roundtable. We do this each Wednesday during the 5 o'clock hour here on Nuanas Now. And this week, a prep track and field oriented ESPN roundtable. Craig Mettler, the head coach for the Sentinel track and field team's. In studio, Craig. What's up, man? How you doing? Good, man. How you doing? Thanks good. for having me. Of course, man. Fun time of year. Uh, Divisionals this last weekend in Missoula. Uh, so first of all, take us through that dynamic. W- was it fun having it in your in your hometown, or I guess in Sentinel's hometown?
1: Yeah, it's always nice when your kids can sleep in their own beds um, and have that have that familiarity. So uh, yeah, no, it's good, and it's, it's good to have grandparents and. Um, extended family that can't normally make meets possibly on the road. So, yeah, it was good for for the kids to perform in front of their family and friends.
0: Sentinel working on uh, a great run here, both boys and girls track. The boys gunning for their third straight state championship this upcoming weekend in Butte. That's with a caveat. There wasn't a championship in 2020, but the boys won in 2019, 2021, and the Sentinel girls won in 2018, and 2021, so you got like three out of four on the girls' side, three straight on the guys' side. What did you think of the divisional meet, though? Sentinel, the boys' champion uh, in divisionals this last weekend. Sentinel, the girls' uh, second place finisher in the team. So, I just kind of take us through it first with the boys. It seemed like that was a pretty great display of depth for yeah. you guys.
1: Yeah. Um, you know, it's gonna be it's gonna be fun this weekend with with Glacier and Gallatin and West and company um, on the boys' side, but. Yeah, no. Our our boys, our boys had a good week or a good weekend. We had some kids step up and perform when the the lights were bright um, on the big stage. So that was good to see. You just got to maintain consistency moving into moving into this week of of state. But yeah, Glacier Coach Deck up at Glacier does a phenomenal job. He's a great guy. Um, and he has a good team. He uh, they have they have some depth in regards to. That the Sam Ells runner, um, they have a hurdler in Bernhard, and they have some boys that can long and triple jump as well, um, as long as uh, along with some sprinters. So their uh, coach Deck and company are doing a good job over there, and it, it'll be a, it'll be a fun weekend to see to
0: see who shows up. From a strategic standpoint, the one thing that's changed about track and field over the last handful of years is now that there's automatic qualifying marks for state. Yep. This used to not be a thing. You used to have to just place at divisionals, and it was sort of unfortunate because sometimes you might just, you know, get a bad draw or a false start or a kid might have a little tender hamstring he doesn't get to go or whatever, but now you can sort of pick and choose where your athletes are going to go. So you kind of have to weigh chasing these divisional titles as a team, but also getting ready for state. And you also want to have as many people at state as you possibly can. So just take people through sort of how these decisions are made and and how that sort of influences the way uh, all these athletes, the the events they perform in during the postseason.
1: Yeah, depending on on what pre-qualified athletes we have and how close some of our other athletes may be in those same events – um, we will hold kids out at divisionals. Uh, we did that with Cruz and Stainer. We didn't yep. have... We didn't, Cruz, Brooks, Stainer. Yep, yep, yep. We didn't have those two going full bore this weekend because they were prequalified, and we were trying to sneak in um, some of our other athletes who were right on the verge of possibly being in that top six at divisionals. So... Uh, yeah, there is strategy in, in, in that regard, and, it, and like you said, it is good because it, the, the qualifying standards are great because you want to have the best athletes there, and sure. in track and field as you know, Coulter, you can't have good days every day. Sure. I mean, anyone who's done track, participated in track knows that some days you're just not great, and if that happens to be during divisional week, that's unfortunate if you don't have a, um, the best athletes in the state competing at the state at the state meet so the qualifying standards are are no-brainer i think in my eyes and then uh yeah it allows for more kids to participate right because instead of having six and six from the west and the east combined so for a total of 12 you can have 16 18 kids in an event because um coaches may have may have withheld their pre-qualified athletes from from competing to try to get some of their other athletes and it's just it just gives kids uh kids are good at going to state track is a great experience for kids so if you can allow that's what it's about it's about the kids and giving them experiences so if you can allow that to happen more kids to experience state track and um and, and reward them with their hard work that's that's it's a win for everybody
0: a lot of times too when these when it comes to the team scoring a lot of the winners in events, you can sort of project or at least see that those kids might be able to win. But it seems like the kids that can come in and, and get those fours, those fifths, those sixths, yeah. that's how you can kind of stack points, right? It seems like you guys, especially on the boys' side, had some guys do that this last week. Yeah.
1: yeah, we had some 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 kids show up. Um, we had Brady Kolendich win the win the 400. We had Jarek Woods compete well in the, the discus. Mm-hmm. Um, we had uh, Sean Litke get in in the javelin. He he's starting to he's starting to hit his form. Um, so yeah, we had we had a, a handful of boys who, um, who who showed up and a and, couple of those sprinters too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah.
0: Joseph Sakachi, yeah. better. those guys well, kind of getting a, a smattering of points. They right. scored in a bunch of different events.
1: Yeah, I mean, we had four boys in the hundred yeah. finals. We had three or four in the two hundred finals. as Well, um, yeah. So if you can get those. If you can get those guys to to score score some points there, it definitely adds up and um on the girls side things went things went as, as you know, as we hoped for. And you yeah. had Faith Marshall who popped a one ten in the discus, so she got fourth in divisionals where she wasn't projected to get in and she wasn't prequalified, so we needed her to, you know, get have one more meet to um have an opportunity to extend her her senior season so you know it's it's cool to see those kids who show up and uh, just continue to progress throughout the season which is what we preach let's not get too worried about april uh, late may mid late may is what matters so let's just focus on progress and getting getting better every day
0: espn roundtable here on Nuwana's now swx montana television as well as espn radio and uh, speaking of these these pre qualifying, Brooke Stainer was uh, the star of the Class AA state championship meet last year. Yeah, and uh, this year at Divisionals, just two events, but that's because she's already pre qualified in several. Right? right, so she goes out and scores 18 points by uh, winning the long jump, and getting second in the 110 hurdles. But uh, she'll probably compete in a lot more this upcoming weekend in Butte. I'm assuming.
1: Yeah, she'll be in the both hurdles, so the, the hundreds, the threes. She'll be in the 200. She'll be in the long jump, and then she'll be in the the four by one as well. And depending on how she feels if she wants to run the four by four she'll she can go run the four by four as well so um yeah you, you just try to take care of kids and keep them healthy as well you know that that's a, the other piece to it is maybe they are pre-qualified and you might want them to run but if they're if they're not feeling healthy then that's also another strategy that coaches can use with the pre-qualifying marks is just to just to keep them out so they can they don't get take too much pounding the week before state
0: the uh boys Divisional was so close, just one and a half points <laughs> yep. between you and Glacier. Yeah, yeah. It, it, I mean, you uh, know, in, in a lot of team sports, coaches will say we like to have close games, we like to be tested as you get down towards the end of the season. Yeah, was that good for the boys to kind great. of like, be back and forth on the eve of state? Yeah, it was great. I love it. Yeah. I
1: love it. I love I love hard things. You yeah. know? And I think our boys love hard things. They they like to be challenged. They like to be tested. Um, and they have been throughout their career. So. I'm super excited to see how our kids respond this weekend in Butte, it should be fun. Um, but no, yeah, you gotta, you gotta love. And to be honest, I didn't know it was that close because mm-hmm. I'm not keeping, keeping track of points sure, at right, divisionals. Right. Like as, as you mentioned, it's not necessarily the most important thing, right? Right. Um, the most important thing is just seeing kids get better and, and progress throughout the season and uh, perform well under a little bit of pressure, uh, with some good competition. And that's what we saw this weekend. So to be honest, I didn't know what the score was until six o'clock on, on Saturday. I wasn't too worried about it, you know, cause it's, uh, it's just about what your team looks like overall as a whole and, and, and how they're feeling and looking.
0: Several of these, uh, young men on the, the boys side were on that state championship team uh, a year ago as well. Yeah. And, yeah. uh, So kind of gunning for that, uh, the second one, I guess back in 2019, most of these guys were freshmen. But Mm -hmm. a lot of them were a part of at least one state championship team. So do you feel a a sense of of pride amongst these guys in in trying to defend this thing?
1: 100%. Yeah. Um, We don't, in our program, we also don't talk about necessarily winning a championship, right? Because that's the end product if you do things the right way, sure, if you have the talent you got to have talent number one you got to have talent you can't it's you can't just do things the right way and work hard and win a title you have to have talent because you can certainly have kids that do th- and teams that do things the right way work hard um, are focused on the process and they don't they just don't have the the, the natural talent sure. but um, these guys are blessed to have some talent and they also know what it takes to be successful and what steps have to be taken whether it's mentally or physically to to be successful so yeah um the the, these boys are these boys are great they're fired up um we got some guys who are coming back from sickness, illness or injuries that we haven't had all year and so like joe sakachi tanner Klump, those guys have not been healthy all year because of Whatever happened, Joe Joe got hurt in football, and um, and and Tanner had had something happen in February, a, yeah. an illness that a occurred. Illness, right? Yeah, a little illness that occurred in February that held him out for. You know, until mid mid late April.
0: And that stuff hurt, like the, the especially with distance guys. That, that yeah. can really hold you back, yeah. just in terms of just the, the the consistency of your training, right? The
1: capacity, the capacity, capacity that, right. that you're not the, that you're used to getting in. Yeah. You're, you're not you're not getting that in, and you're not getting that training in necessarily. So, um, I'm pumped for Tanner and Joe senior year. They're two captains, um, and they have been great examples to our team in regards to what it's like to know that you're not going to be competing, but still put the time and effort in and being around the team and supporting the team. So, you know, that's the other piece to it. You got to have high character people, right? Right, And that's what, that's what the end all of coaching isn't about um, winning. It's about creating, creating when humans who are winners and humans who are high character of high character. So that's, uh, that's the most important piece.
0: It, it's an interesting dynamic with uh, a lot of your standout individual athletes as well. Mm-hmm. You know, Drew Clump going to play football at Montana. Tanner Klumpf going to run at Minnesota. Yep. Brooke Stainer coming to the University of Montana to run track. Uh, Zach Cruz likely has college on his horizon as well. So often these uh, spring state championships, that's the last time you may be competing in sports ever, or at least in that sport this is the last track meet for a lot of these kids. Some of them are going to go run track after that. But how do you sort of balance that in their minds? Because uh, they definitely want to end their high school careers, but they also have something on the horizon as well.
1: Right, right. Um, yeah, you, you, you speak to them in terms of future yeah. 10 years from now. You're going you're gonna to sit back and reflect. And what do you want to reflect on? Mm-hmm. You know, what is that story or that you're going to be able to read through, you know? Um, and yeah, we, we try to keep things light and not put pressure on them because they put enough. there's enough pressure. There's no reason to have any extra added pressure. Uh, we talk, we focus a lot on staying neutral. We have having a neutral mindset, um, whatever occurred in the past, good or bad, move on from that and focus and be in the moment. And what can you do in the moment to be successful for yourself and for your teammates? So, um, Yeah. Yeah. It's, uh, there's, there's not a lot of, there's not a lot of talking at this point either that needs to really be done. Right. Culture, you know that, like there's, you you can't go out and run, run a million sprints this What is that going to do for them? If anything, it's going to hurt them. So there's not much you can do at this point. You just go out, have fun, keep, keep their mindset right. And, uh, and, and treat them well. And, um, Try to try to give them the best send off that they can possibly have as seniors, and hopefully they can ref- they can they can read that story to themselves and be be proud.
0: ESPN Roundtable: Craig Metler, Missoula Sentinel head track coach, joining us here on Nuana's Now it's presented by Paradise Falls of Missoula. It's also interesting too when uh, when you have really elite type guys that then get rivals. And we were talking about this before we started, but Drew Cluff has been one of the best hurdlers in the state of Montana, but now. Kayla Bernhardt from mm-hmm. Glacier has come, and they were going toe-to-toe. I mean, in the prelims, Bernhardt run the, ran the fastest time in the 100-meter hurdles, and Clump uh, comes back and beats him. But then the long hurdles, it's Bernhardt that goes out yeah. uh, and wins it. So uh, having sort of a rival within your own conference and now at State, that, that probably pushes these guys forward, No
1: too. doubt, 100%. And, and when, when Drew got beat in the 300s, I said, good. <laughs> right. He came up to me. He, he, I go, how you doing, man? He goes, I'm, I'm all right. A little, little upset. I said, good. Right. It's good, man. You get to go get him again. Get beat. Right. That's fine. That's life. Right. You're going to lose. Yeah. Respond. You know? So, and he responded. So.
0: That's it's one of the best parts about track and field to me, too, and, and that's why these, uh, these ultimate events, these end-of-the-year events like State are so sweet. Because now it's now or never. Right. Like PRs and all that stuff is fine, but it's just who wins the race. Who can bring mm-hmm. their best when their best is needed. Like I hearken back to Kalispell a couple of years back when we were up there, and uh, like that javelin duel Ooh. between Rylan Ort, who's now playing football in Montana State, and Evan Todd, who's yeah. actually going to compete uh, this afternoon in the men's javelin at the West Regionals. And that was just the, so cool watching those guys go back and forth. Let's talk about the West Regionals
1: real quick. The West Regionals that's being held in North Carolina.
0: Yeah, Fayetteville, Arkansas, <laughs> or Arkansas. Yeah, sorry, right, yeah, right, yeah, right, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. yeah. Riddle me that. Yeah, right? I know, right? Uh,
1: but anyways, no, um, that was so cool. That that moment was incredible. Right? Uh, were you there, Colter? Yeah, I was there. Cat.
0: I mean, it was so awesome. And that that. Was, uh, the javelin course there it got a little downhill, so you knew that uh-huh. it was just going to be big throws. And those guys are going 200, 200, 200, just dueling it out. It was one of the great track events I've seen at the high school level. It was super. And cool. there's thousands of people watching right. it because it was the only event. Yep, the only event. It's what
1: I don't know. Was it nine or ten a.m.? It was early in the start, morning. Start yeah. right. It was the only event, and uh, yeah, that was that was that was fun. That was fun to be a part of and fun to witness because. Um, it just goes to show man who
0: you what you what, what do you what do you have
1: in you you know totally what do you have in you and, and,
0: that, and that's part of what goes into coaching track and field right is yeah. is you can teach technique and science and nutrition and stretching and recovery and all that stuff and that all is important but it's more about when the moment is at its biggest maximizing it and not folding within the moment right?
1: right yep and that's why we spend um, I think a lot of teams probably are doing this now but we, we spend a lot of time doing sports psychology and yeah, mental yeah. training with our student athletes uh, in the track on the track side. And um, it just gives them it gives them the ability to know that the moment is the moment and that that's cool. That is what it is. But also to know that you've been doing this all year coming out of the blocks, whether it's April 1st or May 27th. It doesn't matter. It's it's blocks. On a track, right? Same lanes, same weather. You got to compete in against every everyone else is competing in the same weather. So, just take some take some time to center yourself and just know that it's not about the moment. It's about you and your performance and your response to that moment. You know.
0: Also competing against history is one of the fun parts, too. In Montana, you can only set state records at state meets. Yeah, That's a discussion for a different day just in terms of what we think of that. But there's uh, a couple that maybe could get threatened. I think that... uh I don't know if the 100 meter record on the boys' side is going to get threatened, but that's going to be a hell of a race. You mm-hmm. guys got some guys in there, yep. but you also have you know Taco Dallas from Billings West, Reed Harris from Great Falls High, Thomas Carter from Helena Capital. That should be a good race. And then the girls' 100 meters that should be a good one as well. Led by Jaden Wolf, who's heading to Montana State, she's been running in the low 12s, yeah. and uh, the all class record is 12.19. Yeah, she's got under that like three times in the last month, so we can see some fireworks in the in the 100 meters on both sides. I'm
1: I'm pumped to to see. Jaden Wolf compete. Uh, Coach Stanton over there. That he's he's a good he's a good buddy of mine. Uh, he's a great dude. Him him and uh, him and Deck are two good good guys. Yeah. Um, and they always have good programs. Deck over at Glacier. Uh, but yeah, Rob just does a great job. And you and I were we talking. West always has sprinters. They do female sprinters. For sure. I mean guys too, but all, I mean always females. They yeah. always have a female sprinter. And I'm sitting here just trying to figure out how can we do the same, man? How can we do the same? <laughs> Great, totally. do the same? So, um, no, I think that... Rob does a coach Stanton does a great job. He gets the like most of us try. You get not only the best athletes in your building now, but you get the best competitors yeah. in your building out. And yeah, it's going to be fun to see to see Wolf run on uh, run run on those finals on on Saturday. If she breaks that, that that'll be cool. If she goes so because she's been 12:03, maybe
0: I think like uh, 12:03, 12:08. She's been under 12-1, I think three times. Yeah,
1: so. And as we all know, the higher elevations yeah. are support faster s- times in the short sprints. Right,
0: and the mining city but- buttes a mile high, mile deep, baby. Yep. So uh, yep. it's it's uh, it's up there. So yeah. this could be interesting. Yeah, it'll be fun. I'm I'm looking forward to that. I hope the uh, I hope in the hundred. I hope that somehow Taco Dollar and Reed Harris are right next to each other because Reed Harris is about 6'5", Taco Dollar is about 5'9". <laughs> mm-hmm. <Yeah. laughs> They're about Ma- the same speed. right? <laughs> see two future college football players ripping it up on the track. Yeah, those East boys had some times last weekend. For sure. I think they had four guys go under 11 seconds, so that's uh, that's smoking for pre stage. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, it, uh, it'll be interesting to see. Uh, that's another interesting dynamic, too. I think it's a, such a, a testament to the way track and field can help you no matter what kind of athlete you are. But you have a whole bunch of college football players running mm-hmm. in this thing across the board. I mean, there's like half a dozen guys that are going to be playing D1 football next yeah. year. So uh, it's sort of a good endorsement for track, how much it can help you across uh, the board athletically, right?
1: Culture, you know my saying, the worst <laughs> thing that's going to happen to you from participating <laughs> in track and field is that you will become a better athlete. That's right, yeah. It's the worst thing that's going to happen to you. Yep. And you get an opportunity to compete with some new kids, to work with some new coaches. And to, re- to be honest, I mean, if we're just talking about foundations of movements, sprinting, A movement that most of us have been doing since you know as early as we could four or five whenever it may be right three um depending on developmental levels but it is such a technical movement that uh, we get kids to come out first time and we totally have to break them down yeah reteach them how to run because their arms cross the midline or they don't know how to strike pop Properly, They're striking, po- we call it positive striking where they're, they're toe heavy, they're striking on their foot, uh, they're striking the foot in front of their body instead of underneath of them negatively, underneath them, underneath their glutes and their hammies, right? So, And how to apply force to the ground because it's simple physics. The force you apply is the force that's given back to you, right? So learning how to apply force to the ground properly. So I mean, yeah, it's a, it's a great track, will, track will only make you a better athlete.
0: Nuanas now ESPN radio, ESPN Roundtable here on Nuana's Now. Craig Miller Sentinel Track Coach, joining us. Last thing for you then, uh the boys certainly absolutely in the mix to to win a third straight here. The girls, are gonna be a little bit of an uphill battle given the depth of Helena, Billings West, yep. but but good some good competitors and uh you know, who knows? Maybe Brooke Stainer goes and freaks out again and scores like fifty points like yeah. she did last year. Oh, but for, I mean what's gonna be the keys to success this weekend in Butte for your squads?
1: Uh doing what you know what to do. Yeah. Doing what you know. I mean, you've been doing it. I talked about it a little bit earlier. Doesn't matter the moment. You've been doing it all year, um, and just having fun. Support your friends, your teammates. You know, there's the first psychological sports sports psych study that was done, was if you had someone cheering you on. This was in the 1880s or 1890s. You perform better. Interesting. Than you did you do if you don't have someone cheering you on and supporting you so go support your friends go have fun be loud and proud and relax you know just you've been doing it all year do what you know what to do so that's that's kind of the that's kind of how how we how we roll and how we're going to roll this weekend and the universal decide
0: how things go we just you just focus on you and do the best you can should be a fun weekend, Butte Montana. Starts tomorrow with the pole vault and then uh rolls through the weekend Friday and Saturday. Big days for the class double A and A track meets from the mining city. Craig Mettler, Missoula central head coach, joining us here in studio. Thanks for being here, man. Appreciate it, Coulter. Should be a fun one in the mining city. Hopefully the uh weather is good. But either way, it's always fun wrapping up the spring sports season. And there's gonna be a lot of great individual events, a lot of great battles, and uh the team battles really wide open on both sides, boys and girls at the AA level, and it should be fun wrapping up spring sports across prep sports in the state of Montana. How about we're going to talk some baseball? I know it's a little dreary outside, but hopefully the weather breaks. It is opening night for the Missoula Paddleheads. Plus, we'll talk about some of the main storylines in Major League Baseball as we actually turn the calendar into the summer months, June on the horizon. All things baseball, next. Keep it right here. Nuwana's now ESPN Radio. The field is set for the state track and field championships as divisional meets across Montana played out over the weekend. Hello, I am Coulter Nuanes. At the Western AA Divisional in Missoula, the Sentinel boys have the inside track for a third straight state championship. The Clark twins helped carry the Spartans to a narrow team victory over Kalispell Glacier. Drew Klump, who will play football at the University of Montana next year, won the 110 hurdles and placed second in the 300-meter hurdles. Tanner Klump, who will run cross-country and track at Minnesota next year, placed second in the two-mile and third in the mile, in a very competitive field. Other divisional champions from Sentinel included Carson Bites in the 200, Brady Kolendich in the 400, Colin Shawls in the 800 and Danny Sermon in the discus as the Spartans outlasted Glacier by 1.5 points. The Sentinel girls won the state titles in 2018 and 2021, but Helena High won the Western AA Divisional for this season. Sentinel was second. Helena standout senior Odessa Zents, who will run at National Powerhouse Northern Arizona next year, posted victories in the 200, 400, and 800 meters, and helped the Bengals to 100. 54 points, 63 more than the Spartans. Helena's Kylie Hartnett, who's bound for Utah next year, won the two-mile and placed second behind Hellgate's Kenzie May in the mile. Sentinel senior Brooks Stainer won the long jump and took second in the 100-meter hurdles to pace the Spartans. This ESPN Missoula Sports Center is brought to you by Selway Armory.
2: bullet and will be you you bullet
0: I can see the sun shining through the blinds. That's a good thing. I don't want to go stay in the rain out there at the Kettle House Amphitheater tonight. But I do love that concert season's back. Also crazy that spring sports is wrapping up. It seems like uh, we haven't have had much of a spring. The bloom just really started. It's We're like a month late when it comes to the bloom, but uh, we're in the heart. In fact, the crescendo of spring sports at both the college and high school levels. And guess what? Baseball starts tonight here in the city of Missoula. Major League Baseball has been going for a while now, but Missoula Paddleheads uh, action, Pioneer League action back in the state of Montana. Second year for independent league baseball here in the garden city around the state of Montana and around the pioneer league can talk some baseball in a second, but we have our third event, including Montana, Montana state athletes at the big sky conference, NCAA West regional track meet in uh, Fayetteville, Arkansas in the books, the 110 hurdles, which Derek Olson, a native of Helena, Montana competed in, uh, Really, a, a a really weird last couple months for Derek Olson. He, he finished forty sixth in the forty eight man field, fifteen point four one seconds in the one ten hurdles. Nowhere close to his uh, best time. Um, he's had a phenomenal career. He's won Big Sky Conference championships. He set Big Sky Conference or excuse me, Montana State School records. But it seemed like this one really random scenario that happened at the indoor championships. Haunted him. In indoors, if you remember, we were there uh, while this was going down, but in the 60 meter hurdles, there was a false gun. I've seen false starts a bunch, I've never seen a false gun. So basically, the race was run. The, The gun goes off, the race is run, but they say that it was a false gun. So they have to have a rerun later on. In between, a lot of those runners, including Derek Olson, also had to run in the 60 meters without the hurdles. And so he had basically qualified for the finals with the false gun, but then he has to come back out, and then he false starts, so he's disqualified. That was an indoor. Then during outdoors, same thing. Uh, he gets DQ'd again, so uh, too bad for him. But uh, a lot to be proud of in his uh, career as a whole. So And he's at, at the West Regional, so uh, that's about as good as uh, you can do coming out of the big sky, especially a a hurdler who grew up in Montana. So we'll keep you apprised of everything that's going on there at the West Regional. Uh, Let's talk some baseball. The Paddleheads are back. They are the defending Pioneer League champions. They had an unbelievable year a year ago, first year as an independent league team. I'm wearing my uh, old-school gear. This is like my new-age, old-school Osprey-slash-Paddleheads hat. This is the Paddleheads that produced this hat But it's actually like an homage to the old Osprey. They still do old Osprey throwbacks there as well. I also got my Osprey shirt on. uh, But the Paddleheads, a new era here in Missoula. They won the first half and the second half of the Pioneer League last year. Then they won the Pioneer League Championship Series as well. So just one, two, three times champions for Missoula. And uh, this season has a completely different dynamic than any other season in the about 25-year history of this franchise. Because, forever, they were a minor league affiliate of the Arizona Diamondbacks. So, so often, we would see some of the most talented players for the Osprey be here and then gone in the matter of weeks. And even if there was a guy that played here for most of, if not the full short season, likely he wouldn't be back. There's only a couple guys that really ever came back for a second year, but now, as with this independent league model, the uh, the players are more veteran. They're not nearly as young. That means they don't have quite maybe the upside sometimes, but they're also not as raw. The baseball is much better. The offense is out of control. <laughs> so many runs being scored. And more than anything, though, they're going to have some guys back from last year's team, so maybe a little bit more of a, a familiarity to build with the fan base and things like that. Andrew Houghton, our producer, he joined us here at ESPN, was a little about August last year. I guess late July, early August. Um. So he was here for the end part of the Paddlehead season. He went to a couple games. But I know you're going to the game tonight, man. So uh, just Bradley, what are you excited about when it comes to uh, Missoula Paddleheads baseball?
2: Well, tonight, Coulter, I'm just excited to sit in the ballpark. Just do it, and, right, and, yeah. You know, maybe have a couple beverages, maybe grab some popcorn um, and just sort of get back into it. Uh, I I can be a little bit romantic about baseball, but I am looking forward to like hearing the crack of the bat, you know, watching guys warm up in the bullpen, just getting back into all the old familiar rhythms. But I think there are a lot of uh, sort of interesting storylines with this Missoula Paddleheads club uh, this year. I mean, everybody was operating under a new set of rules last year uh, when the entire Pioneer League lost major league affiliation. The Paddleheads were probably the team that navigated that new set of rules the best. I mean, obviously they won the championship. They had a great team. Their offense was out of control. Can they come back and do it again? I mean, I think as, as I start going to more games this year, I'll be interested to see you know, what it looks and, and some of the steps that the other teams in the Pioneer League have taken to maybe close that gap a little bit. That's the other interesting part is...
0: We talk so often here about the financials of sports because I do think that even though I don't like the fact, especially when we're talking about college sports, I don't like the fact that it's all about money. It is. Money is so important. So we have the business angle, Justin angle, always analyzing this stuff, but we're always talking about athletic department budgets at the college level and uh, salary caps in the professional levels. That's one thing that's so interesting to me about this Pioneer League is... There is an ability to invest or lack thereof. I think you already saw that last year. The Paddleheads did invest in, in this in terms of being willing to pay a little money for some of the, the good talent that they had. But like you said, it's not. it used to just be sort of a crapshoot. What does the, the mother organization want to do? Who do they want to put where? The guys that were playing in Missoula, the the people that were managing uh, the the Osprey and now the Paddleheads, they had no control over who's going to be on the roster. Now they kind
2: of do, which I think... There were years that the Osprey weren't going to contend, no matter what no matter the front what, office no here what. did, right, just because of right, the players right. they got.
0: Totally, and and now so it's that, all on them for sure. And I think it also makes it so that you know when you start winning, then you can start promoting the winning. It, I mean, I can't tell you how many times the the Osprey would go on like these great runs, and then one of the best players would get moved up, or you know they'd get a, a request from the the uh, Diamondbacks to say, hey. We like this kid who's a prospect. Let's not throw him
2: any more than forty pitches at a time, or right, whatever. Right. This kid needs to work on his changeup. Sure. Tell him he can't throw a slider anymore. Right, exactly.
0: It's just... And so then, but then, and, and also, like the way
2: that they would manage pitching
0: situations, too. Right. Like, okay, we want to see if this middle reliever can get through some stuff. Right. So this guy's given up two walks and two doubles in a row. Nobody's up in the pen. We want this guy to pitch out of it. And he'd sit there and give up five runs. Well, now. It's like, oh, we got a lead, and this guy's getting shelled? He's out. We're going to go with somebody else. So the baseball in terms of just the management of the games with an effort to win is significantly better than it's ever been, and I think that's
2: appealing for people that are going down to the ballpark. Yeah, I think that's right, and, you know, it also shines through in – the recruitment of these players. I mean, you're no longer sort of just living on what the major league organization throws down to you. You have to go out and you have to have your own scouting network here. Your connects matter when you're trying to get players to come in. Uh, What you can sell in terms of the experience and, of course, the money uh, matters. So we see it not only in the game-to-game, but also in the the roster-building part of it. The... uh, The... I think it's going to be interesting,
0: too, because this is the first year where you can actually have expectations, right? Yeah. Like, they're the defending champions. And so, now, playing at least some level of championship-level baseball is, is going to be, I don't, I mean, maybe not completely expected,
2: but it will be a little, there's... There's, there's no rationale for the disappointment like there used to be, right? That's right. Here's what last year reminded me of, Colter, trying to see in the, all the new roster rules and all the new rosters and stuff. It's been like these last couple of years of Big Sky Basketball mm. where we've seen half the team's rosters change because of the transfer portal in and out. It's like, right. I don't know who's going to be good. Everybody's in the and bowl. We'll just see how it plays out. This year... I mean, they do have a lot of players back, and they do have still that same sort of leadership structure with Michael Schlacht at the helm. Yep, and he's it, a really good manager. That's what I've heard, yeah. He's a very colorful manager as well. Let's get uh, him on the radio more.
0: I, I know. He 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 gets thrown out more than anybody since Bobby Cox, I think. Anybody that's uh, uh Atlanta Braves follower out there, you'll you'll understand what I'm talking about. But More of a John McGraw than a Connie <laughs> Mack. Yeah. He lo- Schlacht likes giving it to the Umps a little bit. But they do, I mean... They have a real structure in the organization now, too, the Paddleheads do, because the Davis family is a great ownership group. They still have Matt Ellis uh, at the helm as, as the general manager who has been uh, involved with minor league baseball in Missoula since its origin way back in the late 1990s, and uh, you know, they have this like special consultant in George Horton who was around the high-level college baseball forever. You know, He's the head coach of Cal State Fullerton and, and was in multiple college World Series, so They have a plan, which I think is uh, the first step. So we'll see. But a fun evening, the opening night of Paddleheads baseball. So we'll have a, a recap of what goes down between Missoula and the building's Mustangs tomorrow. And, of course, we will have all 92 Missoula Paddleheads games right here on 1029 FM ESPN Missoula pretty much every evening this summer. So look forward to that as well let will talk some Major League Baseball, but first we'll get one last break in, pay one last set of bills, then we'll talk some Major League Baseball. One of the top storylines right now at the top level of baseball. That plus what's going on the rest of the week. Keep it right here. Nuana's now ESPN Radio. Sports Bet Montana is powered by the Montana Lottery. Join in on the excitement for Sports Bet Montana by betting on your favorite sports and teams both collegially and professionally.
1: no One is Now. on 102.9 ESPN Radio Missoula.
0: pride myself on knowing about all the, the cool hip funky bands, which you can always, by the way, find great music in a variety of ways, but especially on the trail, 103.3, our sister station. Our guy Tommy Evans, he's got an awesome show, the new show from 6 to 7 every Tuesday night, and you can check out all sorts of new stuff. Uh, I had never heard of this band, though, Karungbin. Uh, they're coming to Missoula in July, and... Uh, I'm starting to get into them, but too late for me. That's one of the shows that sold out the quickest. Have you ever heard of these guys? i would never, I'd never heard of these guys. Andrew's shaking his head no as well. But uh, concert season upon us, and uh, another show tonight. I'm going to head out to the uh, Kettle House Amethyst right after this. Go check out some Bastille. you want us now, ESPN Radio, SWX Montana Television, or maybe you're watching ESPN Montana app. Thanks for being here on your Wednesday. Miss anything in the show today. Great set of guests for you. Chase Williams, Missoula Sentinel. Our latest senior spotlight, Chase heading to MIT. We also heard from Lyle Weiss, the head coach of the Montana State track and field team. Craig Mettler, the head coach of the Missoula Sentinel track and field team. And we talked to some Missoula Paddleheads baseball. All of that on the Nuanas Now podcast presented by Sportsbet Montana as well as the advocates. Uh, we're probably going to hash out some more baseball uh, later on in the week. Maybe we'll talk some baseball with Regime Seabrook when he's in uh, studio on Friday. That's coming up. And uh got some good Guests coming up tomorrow as well. We're going to continue catching up with recruits from across the state of Montana uh, that are headed to either the Cats or the Grizz for football. Max Kimball, future Montana State Bobcat, who's from Billings West High School, will join us tomorrow. We we'll also have Brooks Nuanas, Sky Sports MT, on tomorrow, and the Chick who doesn't know sports. So we'll talk baseball a little later on. Um, but we only have a couple minutes left here. So rather than ask you about the best storylines in baseball, Andrew, I just have a point blank question for you. Right now, the leader in Major League Baseball and ERA is Justin Verlander. Is he pitching his way into the Hall of Fame, or was Justin Verlander already a future Hall of Famer before this season began?
2: Uh, Hall of Famer, no doubt, before this season began.
0: It's so interesting because we used to have, like, these baseline marks for players and statistics, right? 3,000, 4,000 strikeouts, 300 wins, you know, all these different things. 400 home runs, 500 home runs. How many hits you get? 30,000 hits. And it was always like these baselines where if you hit that exact baseline, you're absolutely the hall of famer. Like if you won 300 games, it's there's no argument. You're going to the hall of fame, whatever. I don't really know if anybody's ever going to win 300 games again. So Verlander is kind of like the new age of the new litmus test, right? Like his statistics, what he's accomplished, is sort of like how we're going to have to gauge it now. He's like the guy that's sort of uh, been had the most longevity in the modern era.
2: And just showing that, you know, guys aren't going to pitch for 27 years like Nolan Ryan did way back in the day. That's definitely right. His longevity is one of the things that makes him stand out the most in this era. I mean, he's, you know, only 232 wins now, but that's a huge mark in these days. I mean, he's above and beyond. He is the Nolan Ryan of this age because he's one of the guys who goes deep in games again. Uh, he's still he, throwing gas at an old age? I mean, he's literally... Uh, Le- quote, unquote, old age. He's nowhere near Nolan Ryan's 47 when Nolan Ryan well, 30, 39 this year. Well, that's crazy. I mean, that, that is that is sort of a throwback for sure. Pretty good. He's, he's led the league in innings pitched four times. He's up there, you know, when he's healthy, up over 200 innings every year, which nobody can say. Um, you know, bef- even before this year, two Cy Young Awards, three other top three finishes. He's, he's got been, a World Series. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, he's got the MVP that one year. Yep. He, he was always there. I think he, he and Clayton Kershaw sort of have an interesting argument for best pitcher of that generation, maybe with Max Scherzer in there, too. He's definitely in the Hall of Fame, though. Yeah, for sure. Interesting. Well,
0: we'll talk more Major League Baseball uh, throughout the week, and uh, also Brooks Nuana's Carol not No Sports, NCAA Regionals, uh, track and field results, and some more college football tomorrow. In the meantime, have yourself a phenomenal Wednesday evening, and uh, we'll look forward to... To hanging out with you throughout the rest of the week. Keep it right here, because for the first of many times, we will roll right into Missoula Paddleheads. The voice of the Paddleheads, Jeff Safford, going to be hanging out with you most evenings throughout the summer. So enjoy some baseball on your radio. We'll see you tomorrow. New on is now ESPN Radio.